themselves is really about understanding the other person. It's just about better communication. As I grew in my relationships, I grew in my sales business. The sales skills, the life skills, they apply to everything. To succeed in life, you need two things. Uh, the mindset and the skill set. Hey everybody, this is Anthony for a new episode of Your Brother's Podcast. Today my guest is Mr. Duke Kui. Duke is a certified life coach through the systems of Grand Cardone, Life Mastery, and Mind Valley. He has been studying those life-changing principles for over 15 years now, and his mission is to help entrepreneurs build a life more in line with their purpose and increase their revenue by 30% within the next 90 days. Duke, my friend, it's a pleasure and honor to have you on my show. Welcome. Yeah, it's great to be here. <laughs> So the first thing I like to speak about, Duke, um, I always ask people to go back in time. And I want to, to know, how were you as a child? Did you already have this desire to be entrepreneur or it came later in life, maybe after some, yeah, in like mid-20s or tell me about this to start with. <laughs> yeah, so as a child, um, my mom was actually always saying like I was the golden child and I would be the millionaire or super rich. Really? Yeah, as the youngest of two or three, right? So uh, I have an older sister and older brother, um, but it's like a 10 and a, or 11 and a 10 year gap. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, the thought of being like a millionaire or a successful business person or very rich, it was always kind of implanted into me. Um, it resonated with me. Uh, it's just that we grew up, you know, poor or decent, uh, average. <laughs> Were you already in uh, Austin as a child or your parents moved from, uh, I forgot, you from uh, Philippines? No, from Vietnam. Vietnam, sorry. So I was born in Vietnam. I mm -hmm. uh, came over here at, at five years old. Mm -hmm. Okay, my parents were uh, refugees because my dad was actually a prisoner of war for oh, 10 really? years. Wow. Okay. So we came as refugees to the U.S. and it was like a, a pickup, whole new life, right? Pretty much struggled. I saw my parents struggling through that. My uh, brothers and sisters, you know, trying to learn a new language and then also trying to find work. And uh, it, it was tough. So we, we grew up pretty poor at first. And then maybe in my teens, uh, the family was doing decent where, you know, we at least have a house, uh, some cars and stuff like that. Uh, but we, we were never really rich, you know. <laughs> um, but then I see other people who are richer and uh, so that desire was already in me yeah yeah and uh okay so you were as you said, so poor but not so poor when you were in elementary school and high school did you take any action in terms of wanting to build a business like any early age of entrepreneurship or you were more <laughs> of a shy guy I, I think i read from your bio that you were more a shy person and i think it was a bit difficult for you to adapt with the with the kids correct yeah. So imagine this, right? Uh, all the other kids are like wearing t-shirts and then here I was, you know, wearing like the long sleeve shirts. And then you've seen the pictures where the nerds like have the pocket and the pins and pencils there. That was me. I was a school nerd. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I was very introverted. Uh, didn't think about business at all. You know, my parents pretty much taught that Hey, you either become a doctor or an engineer, right? Mm -hmm. Standard Asian family right there. 
Um, but for me, I was afraid of blood. So uh, being a doctor was out of the <laughs> out of the picture there. So I chose engineering. You know, I was going to be uh, going to some of the top schools in the nation. Um, so that's all I thought about uh, in high school was how do I get the best grade so I can get to the next university and then get the job. And I was like, man, I'll be like PhD and, and making a lot of money and something like that. Uh, but the, the, <laughs> what actually came about was very different. Yeah. What about the truth? What's what's what happened after <laughs> that? After those uh, early like, oh, I want to do this and be that and and a reality hit you in the face. What was this reality check that you were not ready for? Maybe the reality check was um, right after college. Okay, so uh, imagine you're six months from graduating from college, right? Everyone thinks about getting a job. So here I was applying for different jobs, and let's say I did over a hundred applications, and yet no job offer. Okay. Zero. Uh, I barely got the phone, uh, the phone screens. All right. Really? Yeah. So I was like stressing out. I was like, wow. you know, how am I going to pay for the bills? How am I going to pay for the cars and the food and, you know, for any loans? So, uh, it was, it was crazy. And I remember just giving up basically. It's like, how am I even going to get the job for as an engineer? Hmm. Okay. And I was like, I, I just need a job. <laughs> <laughs> to survive so i was thinking okay let's let's apply for something to where uh, as long as you're willing they're gonna hire you know it's very easy so i actually took a retail job and mm -hmm. i remember one of the questions they asked was well why do you want to work in retail when you have a college degree as an engineer <laughs> okay yeah so here i was i was like i couldn't tell them the real truth You know, which is, uh, I can't even find a job as an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to tell them um, a second truth, which is, well, as an engineer, uh, I, I'll have a salary and uh, eventually there's going to be a, a glass ceiling. Whereas with sales, you can make a commission and you can earn as much as you, your skills are good, you know? Mm -hmm. So I remember getting the retail job and there was a base salary. So I knew I wouldn't be starving. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But that was the first realization is that, um, you know, I wasn't like the best salesperson or anything. Okay. But, uh, during this process of trying to learn how to sell and how to communicate, um, I remember just being so tired because this was like 12 hour jobs. And then I was also really? at that time trying to build a business on the side. So I would be going to sleep at like 1 AM waking up at 6 AM. <laughs> Oh, terrible. Pretty crazy. So it was like burning the candle, right? Yeah. For how long you did that uh, crazy schedule? Uh, this was like six or so months at the time, mm -hmm. uh, maybe eight months. Uh, and, so and the business was huh? based on the business was what? Like you wanted to start a business. What was the business that you were looking to start? To start yeah. So at this time, I was introducing to network marketing business. Mm -hmm. Uh, where you basically talk to your friends and your family and try to yeah, sell them I've some been in the, I've been in ACN in uh, 2010, I think. Right. I was not very good at it. <laughs> so, <laughs> honestly, I joined the business because, you know, someone gave me that dream. They, they retired at age of 29. They were millionaires. Mm. And I'm like, well, he was an engineer and he wasn't that good. So maybe I can do it too. Yeah. You know, but it was tough. 
Okay, it was very tough because here I was working a 12 hour job and trying to build a business on the side. So I was actually exhausted. I fell asleep during the job. Mm. So you were at, at the shop and you were falling asleep during your working shifts? Yeah, I, I would, you know, like put my head down trying Pausing, to take a yeah. nap and they were like, no, no, we can't have you sleeping on the job. So they, they put me on a probation period. Uh huh. Okay. But then I was like, man, you know what? This is the time now to um, get the real job because I've improved on my sales communications and, and how to like present myself for the mm -hmm. job interview and the resume and everything. Um, that's what I realized that, that, you know what? A resume is a sales presentation. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I realized at that time that sales is a part of life. Of course. Okay? And uh, in that last couple of months, I actually became one of the top 10 in the district. Really? Yes. Wow. So then I realized that, you know what, it's a skill set. Uh -huh. As long as you have the proper attitude and the mindset, you can succeed in it. So before I had no motivation to become the best salesperson. I was just trying to pay the bills. <laughs> but how did you, so what exactly did you study to become one of the top 10? Was it already grant at the time or it was something else? And, how, and in, uh, which year was that period? Just so we can be clear on the chronology of events. At that time, I wasn't studying any sales. Uh, it's just that I had a better attitude. Mm. So really just with the attitude, you became one of the top 10 because you knew you would be able to succeed and selling was uh, that wasn't a even a goal. Actually. Yeah. I, I my goal at the time was I'm just going to get a job, mm -hmm. but when I'm going out of this, uh, they're going to regret it. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, man, you put me on a probation period. I took that resentment Revenge. and anger and I focused it. I transformed it into a positive energy. I said, I'm going to make them to where they don't want to lose me. I want to be one of the top salespeople. Beautiful. Okay. So that's the law of attraction right there. Right? When you think about what you want and you go towards it, it happens. Okay. So I didn't even have a goal of being like top district salesperson or anything. Okay. I just simply thought of, you know what? I want to be one of the top so that they can regret putting me on probation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why? Because here I was someone who was failing in performance. I wanted to turn it around. Okay. I realized during this experience that life was happening with me and for me instead mm. of to me. So as someone who was uh, being put into probation at the job period, right? I was, I was feeling victim. Yeah. But when I transformed that energy, I was creating the life, right? So that, started a long journey where for over 15 years i've been studying sales principles and communications okay and you were asking me about a transforming moment uh, another one was when i uh, watched the movie 40 year old virgin mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> okay Classic. here i was i saw oh man there's the nerd again he he doesn't have he doesn't know how to go on a date and at that time, I had not even dated. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was about to turn 30. And I remember, man, I don't want to be a 40-year-old virgin. 
<laughs> I want to get married. I want to start a family. Right. And so the point here was that even though I was learning the sales skills, right. And my career and my IT field was now growing. Um, I was not personally growing mm -hmm. in, in relationships. Okay. So that was another one where it's like, man, the aha moment. And it's like where I was applying things, I was succeeding. Right. But I didn't know to apply it to everything. I thought it was like sales is just right here, business, right? Or yeah. So you used sales skills to find your wife, or how did it happen? Um, it was not so much sales skills. There was more of um, life skills. Uh -huh. In life, you want to have things so clearly defined that you can see it, feel it, right? Okay, so I remember writing down all of my goals and writing exactly what I wanted in a wife. Okay, and I made this long list from, you know, age to hair to <laughs> even height um, to values um, to languages, right? Because I'm Vietnamese, I wanted her to speak Vietnamese. Yeah. To number of kids. And I, I wrote down everything. And I remember at the end of the list, I was so depressed, actually. I was like, how in the world am I even going to find? <laughs> There's like no way in this, this world that someone like this can actually exist. Okay. Um, but I thought about that almost every night about just being married and, and being happy having a family and stuff. So out of the blue, someone invited me and basically the universe arranged for it. Okay. So she invited you, it was online, it was in a cafe, a restaurant, mm -hmm. or how? It... One of my neighbors was Vietnamese, uh -huh. and uh, she never invited me to anything, right? I didn't really talk to her. My mom was talking to her. But what happened was that uh, her sister, which is now my mother-in-law, came to visit. So my mom and them had, you know, collaborated and they probably, uh -huh. were like, oh, we have kids. Let's arrange a marriage. <laughs> <laughs> right. So out of the blue, um, my aunt-in-laws, uh, her husband calls me up and invites me to a birthday party. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm trying to build this business at that time. So I'm like, let's, let's go and, and connect some people, right? Let's network. I knew something was up. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to the birthday party. At the end, they were like, yeah, yeah, we have two nieces that you can meet and, uh, you know, just get to know them. And if, if you like them, then marry them. <laughs> I'm like, ah, uh, that's there the you reason. Go. Okay, yeah, There's yeah, sure. Let me give you my, uh, my Facebook just so I could get out of the house. So left it at that, didn't even think about it. Okay. And then suddenly my future wife reaches out to me like a long text because I didn't plan to reach out, but that's what started the friendship and, and that's what started things to move. Huh. Okay. So at that time, I didn't even think that cell skills applied to marriage. Uh, but then I realized that, you know, what, as we're, we're talking and things like that, cells is really about understanding the other person. It's just about better communication, right? So, so yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Mm -hmm. the, the point here is that as I grew in my relationships, I grew in my sales business. Oh. Okay. 
the sales skills, the life skills, they apply to everything, right? So through these two examples, I learned that to succeed in life, you need two things, uh, the mindset and the skill set. Okay. And, and what happens if you only have one of them? Like give us, if you have, if you had some clients that were maybe stuck and just with the good life skills, but no skill set or vice versa. Then you're limited to the smaller one. Okay. So example, uh, I was applying all the sales skills in my IT career and my IT career was going up. During this time though, I was still trying to build that network marketing business. I was stuck. I was stuck. I was like, why is that? I didn't even realize it at the time. Okay. But I had a wrong mindset. I had a wrong attitude. See, what happened is that here I was trying to build a business and yet I was loathing sales. I was like, I don't want to be the salesperson. Mm. I, I got rid of that job. Yeah. <laughs> right. Here I was watching movies like, you know, Wolf on Wall Street, where people manipulate, right? And then uh, hating those kind of people or hating the people like, you know, the, the used car sales people who just sell you for the money. Yeah. So I remember saying, I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to be a salesperson. Okay. Get, I want a successful business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So here I was conflicting internally. So I want a successful business, right? So if business was a plane, then sales and marketing are the wings. Oh, so here yeah. I am in a plane with no wings. Yeah. Okay. That's why I couldn't succeed in the business. So that my mindset was wrong. But in IT, I was applying the same skills, right? I knew how to promote myself. I knew how to find more value or give more value, right? I was using all the sales principles. It's just that I didn't think of it as sales. I simply thought of it as a job skills. So okay. you trick yourself into thinking like sales is not as bad as I think. And uh, it was a subconscious maybe at first, but then you realize, whoa, I'm actually being a salesman doing what I'm doing every day. Yeah. It, it, took me more than 10 years to realize that. Uh -huh, okay. So it was not overnight. No. Why? Because here I was, I'm already married. Now I have kids, right? I'm no longer the 40 year old version. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Good job. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, well, I came across some people who, who explain things, especially that analogy about a, a business being a plane. And I'm right. I was like, well, you know what? To succeed in business, I need to learn sales. So I really committed to it. And then once I learned about the, the sales skills, the life skills, I was like, wow, I've been applying this all these years. <laughs> I just didn't realize it. See, so for me to succeed in like getting married and having the family that I wanted, that was a life skills. And yet it was also the sales skills, the communication skills, building the right relationships. Because once you get married, it's not a one-time thing. No. It's a daily 
process. It's a daily. You constantly have to resell yourself your relationship. Why are you being married, right? Why are you staying with this person? What's the life think, you want to create together? Do Do you think it's uh, that could be one of the solutions for the high rates of divorce in in the world, actually in America, but also in other countries? People are not like they're not sold on why they're a good partner, and they don't try to to express their biggest values maybe or like why they're so important in a way that is pleasing to the other party um you know authentic way of course and being sure that the other person is satisfied so how do you approach that for somebody who maybe has he's going through a he or she's going through a bad relationship or a bad moment and uh with your coaching experience how can you transcend some roadblocks in, in terms of long-term relationships okay the, the first is to realize that, you know, life is not happening to you. Okay. Cause that is a victim mentality. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that I've learned, especially because, uh, um, religion sometimes teaches self-sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Okay. So growing up, a lot of times I self-sacrifice it's, that's not, it's not great to do that because when we self-sacrifice, right? We're thinking I'm doing this for someone's greater good and losing out. It builds resentment. Mm. That's not good. Okay. So one of the things I teach and I've learned is that true good in life is going to be good for you. It's going to be good for the other person. Yes. It's a mutual benefit. Life is not either or. It's and. Okay. So let's take a different topic. Work and life. Okay. People talk about work and life balance. Mm -hmm. That right there causes conflict. To have more in money, to work more, you have less life. You have less time with your family. If you want more time with your family, like taking a vacation, you have less work. Mm -hmm. It's a life work balance. So that's a lie. It's a lie. According to you. Yeah. Yes. It, it automatically puts you into conflict and scarcity. Yeah. Okay. It's life work integration. Mm -hmm. How can you have more life? How can you have more work, more money? That is. Uh -huh. How can you work more effectively? Okay, so it's the same thing now with relationships. In a relationship where someone is feeling divorced, it's that either or problem. Hey, I'm gonna do what you want. It's not what I want. Mm -hmm. No. The problem here is, is it's life has happened to me. It's your fault. She made me mad. Yeah. Externals. In reality, we are creating the life it's with us and for us okay so let's say she wants to do something i don't want to do it we can choose not to do it both of us can choose not to do it but if i say okay let's do what you want i chose that i chose that i am responsible for that yeah okay so when i learn to take responsibility for my life there's no conflict. 
But if I said, oh, she's making me do that, there's a conflict. And, and you give your power. Yeah, you give your power away by doing this. And do you think um, this is a skill that you can build quite fast, like with self-awareness every day when something happens with your partner and you just, okay, I feel angry because of this. Then you catch yourself. Uh, actually, it's because of me, because of my past, and I feel triggered because of this. So is it just already a good step to be more aware when you feel those triggers coming up and then do you have a tip to just release them instantly or you just have to go through them at a natural pace yeah that's a good question right the first is to be self-aware mm -hmm. most people are just living life in default yeah okay and not self-aware so how can you be self-aware to pause so when something happens there's a split gap where you respond. Okay, most people react, right? Yeah. So how do you do it? You pre-program it. When this happens, how will I respond? Hmm. Okay, because if the moment has happened, you you'll be in reactionary mode. Yeah. The only way you're going to fix it is first when it happened to think ahead of time. And so I'll give you an example. Let's say uh, my kid is, is throwing a tantrum and she's screaming and pounding, right? It's like, ah, in that moment, you want to yell and hit or something, right? Yeah. Calm down. How? I pre-programmed it. I said, when my kid is throwing a tantrum, I'm going to breathe deeply. I'm going to raise my shoulders, drop it. Because try doing that. Try, try dropping your shoulders, being really relaxed. Can you be mad? You can't. The only way you'll, you'll be mad and angry is when your body tenses up. Yeah. But if you relax yourself, just take a deep breath. You can now respond. Okay. So self-awareness is also now listening to what you say. Okay. Uh, most of the time we say we need to do this. We should do this. It's not working with the universe. Mm, I agree mm -hmm. with that 100%. Sounds right. cool. Thoughts. If you change our language, our self-affirmation saying, I would love to do this. Yes, yes. You'll do it. So like, for example, let's say I, I have something that I want, don't want to do. Like, let's say um, cleaning the dishes. <laughs> let's. <laughs> okay. So in the past, I would be resentful. I'm like, ah, she's making me clean the dishes. Okay. Again, that's a self-sacrifice kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Not something I want to do. I just changed my attitude about that. I'm like, well, she's cooking for me. Mm -hmm. I clean the dishes. That's fair. Yeah. It's not that I love cleaning the dishes. I love eating from clean dishes. Yeah. Right? 
Would you eat from dirty dishes? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So just by thinking about like that. That's good, man. That's a good trick. It fixes the attitude. So my relationship with my wife is so much better. And as my relationships improve, my sales skills improved. As my life coaching improved, my sales improved. It's all related. It's mm-hmm. mindset, skill set. As I increase one, life increased. Growing it together. See? That's... So yeah. setting goals, having a definite target. That's part of it. Also, do you feel? Do you believe? Um, so when you have financial goals, because I think there is two school thoughts here with the financial goals. Do you think it's good to have a specific number to motivate you to go, and once you're there, then set a new one? Or people would say like, "Oh, it's like an infinite game, uh, and you can." Like if you limit yourself with a with a number, I mean, why compare yourself with others? Like, okay, I made one million this year, or shouldn't you have like lifetime goals? Like when we speak about ten x goals, is it realistic to just keep certain digits, certain numbers, or you think it's better to say, okay, I'm gonna have global impact, uh, I can touch a mil- a billion lives, but is it more powerful to say that than saying I will have a billion dollars, or you think both are important? Okay, so let's take a step back there. Yep. Okay, let's understand why we set goals. Okay, the purpose of goals is for growth. Mm-hmm. Life is growing. Okay, the moment we stop growing, we what? Die. Start dying. Okay, so the goal is meant for you to grow. If you're going for the goal. And you're resenting it. That's not growth. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's say you already earn uh, 50k and you set a goal for 100k. It's not so much to limit yourself as it is to grow yourself. But let's say you're you're going for that 100k, and now your family's at risk. You're working so much that you don't spend time with your family, mm. or you're working but then you're almost angry. You're like, man, I hate my job. Yeah, is that really growing? No. So that goal of 100k right there is killing you. Mm. The goal itself, the number, means it's just a number. Okay, so it's not so much the number as it is how do you feel about the number. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's say if it's 50k and it's 100k, um, and that's just because you think you can hit 100k, but it doesn't excite you. Yeah. It doesn't excite you. So guess what? You're gonna burn out. Why? Because you, as you're working towards that 100k, you're not excited. You're not feeling like you're growing. So this is where Grant Cardone talks about 10xing the goal because. Most of the time, that's where the excitement is. Yeah, that's where you really, really want it, and yet you don't really know how to get it. But that's what makes you grow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so an example as a, as a baby, we don't know how we're gonna walk, but we see the other kids and adults walking. We want it, and eventually we figure it out. 
That's how you grow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because growth is you're doing something that previously you couldn't do, or you're doing something better than what you previously did. Right. Yeah. So the hundred K doesn't matter. It's how you feel about the number. So let's say if for Grant, he's already a millionaire, right? A billionaire, so even. It's a billion. Yeah. Now that's what excites him. Okay, but when he was broke, he had already earned millions. So if he set the goal for one million, he already knew how to do it. He's not going to grow. So that's when he was like, oh, 10 million, 100 million. And it didn't excite him. But when Elena was asking him, hey, what about 1 billion? He's like, now he's excited. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's not the number. It's the feelings around the numbers. Okay. And another thing is, is when you 10x a goal, it's because you're not prepared for it. So let, let's take the, the plane, for example. Do you know that when you, you it takes off, it consumes half of its fuel. Mm, yeah. So what happens if your fuel tank is on empty and then you're taking off and then you run out of fuel, you're going to crash and burn. Okay. So by saying 10x that goal, you're preparing yourself mentally. You're making like, here's the amount of effort that it takes. Mm -hmm. Here's what you think it takes. Mm -hmm. You'll crash and burn this way. Yeah. But if you 10x it, here's the amount of effort it, it will take. I'm prepared for it. And here's the actual amount. You have plenty of fuel to achieve the goal. Yeah. So that's the psychology behind the 10x. Okay. It's not so much about doing massive action. Okay. It's about making sure you have sufficient mental preparation and physical like preparation okay, so you yeah you think so because grant speaks a lot about massive action but you have a bit of a different mentality like you think it's just have more effective efficient actions to reach higher goals and just massive actions and be probably burnt out later down the road it's having the mental preparation first mm -hmm. because if your goal is let's say you want to earn a thousand dollars okay but this is how much effort it takes you're not going to reach it does that make sense you have not prepared for it you underestimated it yeah. it takes more effort in liftoff than it is to cruise okay so by having massive action and 10xing it you're now mentally prepared you have said oh i'm prepared for this much effort and this is how much it takes it's easier we if you go after something and it's small right it's easy to do so let's take an example if i tell you anthony i'm gonna have you eat an elephant mm -hmm. You'll be like, man, how am I even going to eat an elephant, right? Isn't that the first thing that goes through your mind? Of course. You make assumptions, right? 
But if I told you it's an animal cracker, the elephant's like this. Uh-huh. You're like, oh, yeah, I can eat that. It's easy. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. See, so if you're prepared mentally from larger amounts and the action is smaller, it's easier. So that's what Grant Cardone is really trying to get you to do is massive action is preparing you for more action. When you're more mentally prepared, the task is easier. Mm-hmm. So if you're going for a hundred K and and you've never made it before, right? So let's say you're a 50 K, a hundred K, a hundred K is more, right? It's harder to do because it's bigger. But if you've prepared yourself for a million dollars or 10, you know, let's say um, 500K, a bigger amount, right? 100K is smaller now. It's easier. It's easier to get going. So if you're going for the 500K or the million, right? You're for sure going to hit the 100K. But if the 100K is bigger and you have 50K, you might go right here and what happens? You crash and burn or yeah. you lever off. You'll hit 75K or 80K, but not quite 100. Okay. Absolutely. But if you're going for the million, well, you hit 100K, 200, 300, oh, you level off. You still grew in the process. Okay. And when you grew in the process, you grow, right? You're excited. You're happy. You're growing in life. That's what happiness is. It's, it's progress. Mm. Okay. So even though you didn't hit your goal, you're still happy about it. And, and next year, we continue to grow. We continue for that goal because it's growth. Absolutely. Makes See? sense. So that's mindset and skill set. And what skill that took you to one level is not going to get you to the next level. You're going to have to change things. And do you do you spend a lot of time uh, networking and trying to find higher level? I say when I say higher level people, I don't want to say like to judge others. But if you are in a mindset, okay, I'm going to surround myself with with at least millionaires. How important is your environment compared to if you just stay with the same friends that you had in high school? Of course, you can stay with them. I'm not saying to to ditch them, but how important is it for you and maybe for the people you know around you to have a circle of winners, of visionaries who really want to propel you uh, up front and uh, upwards compared to just chill or do little things in life? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's very important, right? There's a saying that your income is the average of your five closest friends. Yeah. Okay. Because um, in life, you're the product of your environment. Mm-hmm. That's one way to look at it. And the other way is the environment is a product of you. Yeah. The yeah. environment is actually a reflection of you in itself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but an example is, let's say, um, if you take some of the pine trees, the evergreen trees, in a mountain where it's all rock, it can still grow 
100 feet, 200 feet. It's just that it has to do more effort. And even though it grows 200 feet, it's more narrow. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you plant that same pine seed, right, pine cone or whatever, in a field where there's a lot of rich soil, it can still grow that 100 feet. It's wider. Okay. So how does this relate here? Because the first thing is self-awareness. If I'm not aware of certain things, I don't know how to fix it. Yeah. So by associating with people who are further ahead in life, they raise your awareness. Okay. They also build that confidence because maybe you're in that moment and it's like, ah, I don't know if I can do this. And they're saying, yes, you can absolutely do this. I was just like you. It builds you up. Right? So an example, uh, I was listening to uh, Dean Graciosi. Um, and he wasn't like super exciting at first or you know, introvert, you know, extrovert, you know? He was more like me, he was a nerd. <laughs> okay, so just seeing that helps grow. You know, one of the first, uh, one of the people I'm following right now is uh, Jeremy Miner. He was the nerd as well, he was more introverted. He's not like Grant Cardone, who's, you know, more out extroverted and he's more aggressive, right? Or someone like Dan Locke. Someone call me uh, the future Dan Locke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the point here is as you associate with these people, your comfort level grows. Okay. Why? Because right now, where you're at in life is comfortable. It's familiar. Yeah. Familiar. And let's say the next level is unfamiliar. So this is where the discomfort comes in. Change is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I forget who say it, uh, that they said, learn to have more discomfort in life because that's what's going to cause you to change. Yeah. Okay. So when I first associated with people who were making, you know, five times, 10 times more than me, uncomfortable. I'm familiar with people who are making, you know, six figures. Yeah. Well, now, now it's like I associate with people who are making seven figures regularly. <laughs> yeah. It's become comfortable. Okay. So I can see myself easily getting to those levels. Whereas before I was like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. This is so hard. Now it's more like, it's just like breathing. It's yeah, these people natural. exist and they're everywhere. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this, this is like running the mile. The first time you do it, you're like, I'm dying here. <laughs> but as you keep doing it, Oh man, one mile is easy. It's four miles, five miles, right? Yeah. The first time you do exercise, you're lifting that, like, oh man, that's so heavy, right? 
later on you build a muscle and it's like ah, easy it's the same thing with driving right the first time you drive is like oh my god i gotta hold it and then i gotta check this and, and you're so tense right and then you get used to it and you're like oh yeah okay. think about your weekend think about the, the job and you can do many things while still knowing where you're going exactly so as long as you invite the uncomfort it's easier okay life will either give it to you and you feel victim or you can choose to accept it and now you are responsible and you're creating the life with intention okay so yeah. that, that's what i saw it's like some of the best skills that everyone needs to succeed is communications mm -hmm. it's not so much sales it's communication how to understand the next person because if you really understand them it's just a conversation okay and then how do you help them to think differently so this is my life coaching skills right mm -hmm. here okay if i tell you to do something you're not going to do it but if i ask you and i get you to think through it you're more likely to do it so that's sales right there can you give me an example in your life where you it was a close to rock bottom and uh, except the one with the university and finding a job something else that you were really low and you use your communication skills to figure out the solution then it was like the perfect timing the perfect people around you but you knew how to speak with them to make it happen hmm. that's a good question right there because honestly i don't remember ever hitting rock bottom so then just maybe just a good example of you having so other than the, the marriage and uh finding the retail job something else that you could see man if i didn't have uh these communication skills i wouldn't be able to get what i want as much but i was very authentic i knew how to speak i knew how to listen and because of that i got what i wanted okay um i'll give a slightly different example Mm -hmm. right uh which is in the past let's say you're you're tasked with so many different things and you feel overwhelmed okay so this is where you you feel like you're rock bottom why because uh so many tasks that you have to do is like you're you're underneath all that pressure right so in the past victim mentality right this is happening to me i have to do all the things my language is i have to i need to position of black yeah. oh i gotta pay the bills how am i gonna pay all these bills right oh i have all these debt and I'm, i've gone through that but the feeling is very different because I've learned my life skills already. So I, I don't feel the proper bottom anymore. Okay. Why? Because I learned this is happening with me. It's happening for me. Well, if I overcome all these issues, look at how strong I am. Look at how powerful I am. Okay. Um, so like recently, uh, like the company I'm working, the VP is giving me more tasks. 
other people would be like, no, man, I, I can't do it. It's, this is just too much. Okay. And yet here I was, I did everything. <laughs> <laughs> and so other people are like, uh, on one end, uh, they, they said that they're overwhelmed. Okay. On the other end, they said that they were impressed. Why? It's like, how the heck does Duke do everything? <laughs> <laughs> it's just the attitude. Because here I was, instead of saying, I need to do this, well, I would love to have it completed. I would love to be able to do everything. Look at how much I've done. Look at how much I've grown. Oh. I've grown so much that I can handle it all. Yeah. What's important will get it done. I can do this quickly. Okay, if this wasn't going to get done, how can we break it up into smaller tasks Yeah. and get it done faster? See, since I was thinking about the, all the huge things, it's just like, okay, let's just take this one thing at a time. The moment you do one thing, the next thing is easier. You're now in a roll, you know, on a momentum, right? But by saying, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to do this, you feel overwhelmed. You feel that rock bottom. Mm -hmm. Rather, I simply learn to change and say, I would love to have this completed. Hey, you know what? When this is done, I have less weight to carry around. I have less luggage, right? So that, that's what it is, is that um, as I think positively, I learn to fix my attitude, right? Think about the end result first. How would I feel with the end result? And you work backwards. But this is the same life skill that it takes for achieving your dreams. Because you can't go to your dreams. Going to your dreams is coming from a position of lack. The only way you're going to achieve it is to come from your dreams. To visualize this, to see it, to feel it. Visualize it as it's already done. And then you will find a way to do it. And how do you keep this, these feelings of it's already achieved when there's not enough evidence yet of it happening? So, for example, I, yeah, I want a million dollars and I'm, I know I'm working for it. I'm every day I'm disciplined, I'm taking the right action, but you get hit by a big unexpected bill uh, and you don't know how you're going to pay that. So I would assume most people who want to attract more wealth, they know it's not just think and they know how to take action, which is maybe the, the weakness of the secret movie was this, like people were just meditating and attract money. So we they missed the, the work part. But if you know you have to work, or you need to love, or you love your work and you, you do it, but you have those, this, those difficult times. How do you keep those feelings as often active as possible? Maybe not all the time because it's not realistic, but as often active as possible to know, okay, this million or these millions are still mine. They're already there waiting for me. I'm just going to close the gap in the energy with my action. So how do you stay in this vibration if you yeah, want to use this term? Mm -hmm. So you mentioned The Secret and Ron O'Brien. This is yeah. one of the best books you can pick up. It's a third book, The Magic. Uh -huh. It talks about gratitude. 
Okay, one of the things I learned from her is how do you have gratitude in spite of? So let's say you have a bill to pay. Most people are resenting the bill. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh my God, I have this bill. This is another thing. It's, it's the rock weighing me down. Right now, if you learn gratitude and you think about the bill, what service is that helping you with? And and so to be grateful about it, it's like, oh, I'm so thankful that I have this bill. I'm so thankful that someone else is doing this that I don't have to. So example, this is a water bill. You know what? Someone that had to dig those pipes and get hands dirty didn't have to do that. Someone had to build those turbines and those water pumps and stuff. Invest millions into that. I didn't have to. I'm so grateful that I can have water like that, you know, just by turning on the faucet instead of having mm. to go walk a mile, carry a bucket, yeah. dirty water. Being grateful. So one of the easiest ways to learn gratitude there is to look at someone else who has it worse. It could be worse. Okay. Like yesterday, uh, I saw someone with a broken arm. And in that moment, it reminded me to be grateful that I have healthy arms. Mm. So that's the same skill set. It's a mindset. It took me time to develop. And honestly, gratitude is one of the hardest things for me to learn. Okay. Once I learned it, though, it got easier and easier and easier. So I get that bill. Now I'm like, I learned from Ron and Brian what she does, right? I simply say, thank you, universe, God, whatever you want to say. Thank you for the money to pay for the bills. Mm -hmm. And it comes. And then once you pay the bills, you say, thank you, thank you, thank you for the services rendered. And then thank you for the money to pay the bills again, right? Thank you that I can afford all the bills. You see, so gratitude right there is what attracts. When you have gratitude, it's now you're vibrating on the frequency of abundance. You're not coming from a position of lack. Yeah. You think I have an abundance. So if you have a million dollar goal, the first is to feel enough. Because if you're saying, man, I'm only earning six figures, how am I going to earn a million? Then there's doubt, right? You don't feel enough. But the example I, I teach is this. So, Anthony, there's there's new technology, okay? And what they can do is they can transplant an eyeball, and connect the nerves, and restore sight for someone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's this uh, person, he's a millionaire, and he's losing his eyesight. But he'll pay you for one of your eyeballs. So you can still see, you know, you won't go completely blind. But for $1 million dollars, or transplant your eyeball to his so that he can store his vision and now you have a million dollars. I wouldn't do it. 
You would. I thought you said you wanted a million. This is so quick, man. It's, it, it's less than an hour. Yeah. The recovery process is less than a day. Wouldn't you do it? It's to realize that your body is worth more than any money. Once you have all the parts functioning as a, as an organism, as a whole. And you know, it's very, that's a good point because often when I have little symptoms, you realize like you think about that all the time and it's so distracting, but when you're healed, you take it for granted. And I spoke about this with many other guests on the show and it's so true. Yeah. Yet you don't realize that you have this magnificent vessel working divinely made and you can go for your dreams because of this temple and yet how are you going to feed it are you putting uh vegetable oil and you have a ferrari for example instead of putting premium fuel exactly yeah good point in that moment you realize that you already are worth that amount a million is just a number but you're worth it you're enough as you are right now and so then for me when i think about these things it's the million goal it's gonna come let the universe handle it yeah see so i don't stress about it it's the same thing that i saw when i was writing the goals of getting married i simply thought about the feelings of wanting to be a father and a husband mm. the end result and it came it came out of nowhere okay a lot of the connections i have in life came out of nowhere because it's the law of the universe bringing it it's a law of attraction okay so just thinking about the end result being grateful in the journey all right and then you don't feel that rock bottom, which is why I couldn't really answer that. Got it. Yeah, it makes sense for you. I mean, man. I've, I've uh, learned these skills. Yeah, I think we just had different maybe background because I had a rock bottom, especially specifically, but I was actually not grateful at the time. So that can be a difference. Uh, Duke, we're, we're close to the end. My last question for you today is if we go fast forward in the future in five years from now and people go back to your episode and they listen to you, what would you like them to remember from you, from your wisdom, from your uh, thoughts, your advice? So maybe one last thing that you would like to share that is representing who you are and what you have to give to the world. I would say that I'm just like them. I'm just another normal person. Okay. And the challenges that we go through is happening for you. This is what inspires other people. This is the transformation story. Right? This is what makes life exciting. Okay, life gives us contrast so that we can experience the fullness of life. Okay, if everything was happy all the time, it would be boring. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? But we have a full contrast from grief to happiness to moments of excitement to fear. That's what makes it exciting. That's the roller coaster. Yeah. Right? The roller coaster is fun because it's, <laughs> it's, it's so many <laughs> twists and turns. Yeah. 
So that's just it. It's today I enjoy my life. I live it every day, living the dream, rather than saying when this happens, when that happens, future. I I now live it now. So that's what I hope to help other people to do, to coach them. How can you earn what you want, but enjoy the process and create the life that you want with intention? Okay, and you have the power. Other people have done it, so you can learn the same skills, the mindset, the skill set. Both were learned; we're not born with it. Beautiful, awesome, my friend. Thank you so much, Duke, for your time, for your wisdom. It was, you know. What I like about this episode, you you brought with you a, a wave of calm. I was feeling in this in your ocean, and just listening to you like a, a wise monk somewhere, like in the mountain, and just like he's trying to to just rinse my brain, rinse my mind of all these ads and all these like, stimuli around me. Okay, just be here, be now. While speaking about also sales and communication, so thank you so much. How can people can relate or connect with you? online if they want to have maybe if they want to work with you exactly or if they want to follow you on social so now is the time for your self-promotion and i let you uh, speak mm -hmm. about yourself yeah go ahead so i gift people with a 15-minute strategy session it's completely free okay and it's meant to learn more about them and if i can even help them okay uh so you can send a link to them mm -hmm. take advantage of it right What's it going to cost you? Absolutely nothing. Well, what will it cost you not to do? Mm -hmm. Then you'll live the life that you already live. Well, is that really what you want? If there's something that you want to change, there's some kind of discontent, then let's honor that discontent and let's find a way to help you achieve your goals and dreams and truly live it right now and enjoy life the fullest <laughs> yeah are you more on uh, facebook instagram linkedin any other platform that you prefer to be i'm mostly on facebook i'm also on linkedin um, i don't really use the other ones yet good all right man so thank you so much for your time for me guys this is anthony Rivet, your host for your brother's podcast you can follow me personally on instagram on facebook and linkedin and your brother's podcast on youtube Apple, Spotify, and a couple of other mores. Uh, if you like this show, please uh, don't forget to subscribe, like, and share with your friends. And if you want to support me financially, you can click the Patreon link below. And we appreciate donations if you like the quality of the show and if you want to raise the standards over time. So thank you so much for your time. And Duke, thanks again. I will see you next time. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye.